Hey there, it's Jason Padolan, back with a special Up My Hockey episode. I've never done an episode where it's just me, so if you are <laughs> if you are sick of hearing my voice and if it is something that uh, you, you don't need any more of me, then this is where you should probably just sign off and, uh, and wait for my me- next guest. But uh, I felt, along with... Uh, this lady that I'm working with named, named Wendy, who is, who is, it's interesting because Wendy's origin story uh, with me and up my hockey came as starting from a hockey mom. So she was a hockey mom and, and her husband, uh, both not necessarily hockey parents, but they have this hockey crazed, starved, passionate boy who, uh, who was just loving it, right? And wanted to be a player and, and was good enough to, uh, to make the, the good teams and the big teams. And, and we're, you know, he was looking for anything kind of to try and, and try and get better. And the podcast was how Wendy was introduced to me. And uh, I'm not sure how she found it, whether it was suggested to her or it came up in her feed or whatever the case may be, but she started listening. And she started listening on the way to games and uh, or practices with her son. And, uh, and the podcast served as a, a vehicle for them to have conversations, you know, about whatever the guests may have been talking about, uh, the different circumstances that arise in players' careers, uh, maybe some of the ideas that, that are shared or talked about, and, and her and her son were able to not only have conversations, but she was able to learn about the sport. Her son was able to learn uh, from the perspectives of others, and we're also able to learn from me and some of the suggestions um, that I give on the program. So she, she was introduced to me that way, and then Devin, her son, ended up becoming one of my clients. He ended up taking the the Peak Potential Project, which was very successful for him. And uh, and I've been working with him essentially for about a year and a half now in my group uh, coaching uh, platform. And he's, first of all, I mean, love talking about Devin. Uh, I haven't used his last name. I don't know if he would want me to or not. But anyways, it's, it's really taken off. You know, he's pl- played his first a- AJHL game. That's uh, Junior A in Western Canada. He got his first point. He's just been committed to by a team in the AJHL. And, um, and I first started working with him at the uh, U16 level. So I was a first year, um, actually, no, maybe even U15 now. Jeez, I'm getting it confused. But anyways, I have definitely been a part of his journey along the way and watching him evolve and progress as a player and um, find his identity and use his skill set and own it and be unapologetic for it and, uh, and develop the practice habits and the, uh, you know, the the personal development strategies away from the rink that will help him continue to get better and make an impact on his coaches and all the fun stuff that, that I love working with players on. Devin has been a, a crazy ideal client. And why that's relevant is because Wendy is into brand management and brand development and business growth. That's what she does. So then I ended up meeting her and and uh, and thought that she would be the perfect person to work with because she was part of the, you know, the origin story of a client of what a up my hockey client looks like and she thought that the podcast was an absolutely awesome platform like to it allows people to get to know me it allows people to get to understand my philosophy uh introduce obviously great entertainment with great guests but it really is um you know a precursor to allow people to understand what i'm about what up my hockey is and whether their player or their team would be a good fit for some of the programs that i offer so in saying that, she said, you need to really focus on this podcast. You need to really rock and roll um, with this delivery system, you know, this outreach. 
uh, because you get to reach more people. Uh, she, she thought I, she thinks that I'm, I'm I'm good at it, and it's nice to hear that some at some points, you know, that uh, I'm a solopreneur. I work by myself. I'm in my office all day, and so for someone to to tell you where you think you shine, it's always nice to hear and to push you in the right direction. And and um, so she wanted me to really double down on the podcast, meaning make sure I get one done a week, make sure that you know I'm really diligent with it, and that I'm using uh, using content from the podcast to to uh, you know to share some of the thoughts that I have about mindset and strategies, and to use that as, for posts and there and so on and so forth. But she also wanted me to do a hundred episode review, a hundredth episode review. That this was a big milestone that uh, she wanted me to celebrate and. And I'm glad that she did because one, I mean, this is why I'm doing this right now. She she wanted uh, there were some different ideas of but what we should do for the hundredth episode and um, whether I should find clips from my favorite interviews or or how that would all work. And and we ended up thinking just from a f- sake of time because these things are hard to produce and they're hard to cut together. But just for me to go back and review and and look at look at them in ten segment chunks. And to maybe talk about some of the guests and some of the uh, episodes that really meant something to me and would maybe be um, good for some of the listeners that are just joining now to go back and check out. So um, so Wendy has, has suggested that I do this and I do think it's a great idea because her allowing uh, me the space to understand that maybe there is some importance to this also allowed me to really reflect. And, uh, and I think that's important. Uh, I, I don't know who's listening. I don't know what your personal life is like or what you're up to. Um, but I'm sure you're busy. I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you don't have much free time or spare time. And, and I know for me as a solopreneur and with, geez, almost, I mean, it seems like I have five, six different entities, businesses sort of running at the same time and three kids in hockey and a wife that works. Um, there is just, I mean, I, I go to bed at night a lot of times at 10.30 after I get up from my desk and go down and lie in bed and then I get up and do the whole thing again the next day. And uh, so there doesn't seem to be much time to reflect is what I'm saying. I, I'm very grateful for where I'm at. I love the I love the position that Up My Hockey is at and, and its growth dynamics and metrics and, and you guys have a lot to do with that and, and I'm grateful for you. So I'm grateful for the work and the hours that I'm putting in is, is what I'm saying. But there often isn't time to just actually think and be like, holy smokes, a hundred episodes, like a hundred episodes. That's nuts. Um, for somebody who didn't want to do it in the first place, you know, like I really came into this not kicking and screaming, but there was big resistance. And I don't know if you follow where I am on social media or part of my email um, list, but I did write an email uh, the other day and had a post just sort of about the the genesis of, of the podcast. And, and it was from somebody who I'm still working with today. His name's Josh. Uh, and, and Josh suggested that I start this thing. He's like, you should do a podcast. You know, he's a younger guy, much younger than me. I'm not sure how old he is. I think maybe late twenties now. Um, he'll probably laugh at me that, uh, that I don't know that age is such a non-factor for me, but definitely younger than me and, and more in the, uh, you know, in the age group or in the generation of, you know, technology touched like his, you know, in his entire life and um and was more into what was happening and he's like yeah you know podcasts are the thing and and by i mean in 2019 it wasn't like podcasts were a secret but they were still sort of like new to me and why would i do one and, and how would i even structure it and what would i be talking about and and there was a lot of resistance with the idea there was a lot of uh once i got into it a little bit more there was a lot of doubt for me on a personal level from an egotistical level, right? Like my ego was getting threatened, you know, for me to 
put myself out there like that. And, and, and this is, I know this would probably be like super foreign for many of you to put yourself in front of a camera and just talk to a camera or talk to a microphone and share your thoughts, um, without any editing, you know, without, uh, I don't know, with, with no direction, right? Like it, there is a, there's a vulnerability there, right? For sure. Uh, that I needed to overcome. Uh, I needed to not care about the judgment that potentially awaited. I needed to not care about what people were going to think about my idea. I didn't need to, I had to not care about whether it was going to suck or not. And, um, all these things were pointing to me like, you know, being, being worried about my ego. And, uh, and then I had the aha moment that I was like, oh my gosh, like the fear of making a mistake or the fear of judgment or all these things, me not doing it would recognize that I'm, you know, essentially playing small. Uh, the irony was that it's exactly the things that I help athletes overcome, right? I help athletes be big and bold and I help athletes rewrite the narrative of what a mistake means. And I, I help athletes step into their own personal greatness, right? And try and explore where their, where their potential lies. And, and when I, when I had that realization, you know, three years ago now, almost four, yeah, three, three years and some uh, ago, I was like, gosh, I have to do this. I'd kind of be an imposter if I didn't, you know what I mean? I can't step away from something that, that is triggering some resistance in me is triggering potentially some limiting beliefs when this is exactly what I do to help athletes be their best. So that for me was the kick in the pants that I needed to at least try to go out there and give it a whirl. And, uh, as truth be told now at this stage in the game, you know, one hep 100 episodes later, I'm super grateful that I did. I'm super grateful for Josh for suggesting it. I'm super grateful for having the courage to lean into it and to explore this unknown territory because as much as it has done things for other people, for you guys who are listening, I get the messages, I get the texts, I get the, the thanks, um, that what the podcast has, has supplied to people. And for me, that's super rewarding was the exactly why I wanted to do it. But the crazy part is, is like, there's been massive benefits just for me, for me as, as a human, for me and my personal growth, for me to have, uh, to have the conversations that my soul needs to have. You know, like I, I've mentioned already that I'm a solopreneur. I spend most of my time in an office by myself. Uh, I, I'm not out in a, in an office environment or a social environment where I'm really talking to people a lot. And, and by nature, I'm an introvert. I'm somebody that likes, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversations, not big groups. And I don't like too many conversations, uh, or the, or it's, you know, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. So I'm not naturally attuned to going out and seeking social interaction. So this podcast has forced me kind of to get out of my own way in that situation and have these conversations that actually really nourish me. Uh, there's not a podcast that goes by. There hasn't been one episode that I've left feeling like, oh, I wish I didn't do that today. Like every one of them fills me up in a certain way, uh, whether it be the lessons or the, or the journey or just the connection with, with, uh, with another human, whether it be on Zoom or not, these connections and these touch points really matter. So I am grateful to the podcast. I am grateful to the 100 episodes and like the days essentially that I've been on a mic now. It seems so crazy to me when I think about the actual combined time that I've been doing this. Um, and, but for the most part, it's been absolutely fantastic. Like I said, the conversations are great. There are like anything else. There are, there are some pains in the ass with this. 
uh, you know, finding somebody to edit or to try to edit it myself or to cutting the clips and what are the clips and what are the posts and how to post and all that social media stuff and the emails um, is hard. You know, sometimes you have to chase an odd guest here and there and the scheduling isn't easy and technology issues and all the stuff that goes along with it, not to mention the costs. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen with the podcast to make them work that aren't necessarily fun. But for me, the, uh, the value of the conversation on an, on an intrinsic level is absolutely amazing. And, uh, and then also there's the external extrinsic rewards for me of, like I said, of, of definitely being able to help other people and, and being able to, to share the stories of others, which is, which is really inspiring for, for a lot of you and also inspiring for me. So that's my prologue here into what will be happening. Um, if I'm going to say if in this point, cause I really do want to commit to this, but one episode a week is like really, really difficult. And to get behind a mic now for me for a second episode for, for the next 10 weeks, uh, is going to be potentially trying. Uh, but that is the plan. The plan is to do a second episode every week, uh, that, similar to what you're listening to now, where I'm going to get into, uh, a 10 episode segment. And I'm just going to go through the guests. I'm going to relive some of the guests, uh, maybe highlight some of the conversations that I am uh, most grateful for or, or have uh, the, the fondest memories of. And maybe just to guide some attention uh, for those of you who haven't listened to All 100. And uh, I still have yet to have somebody at, uh, email and say, hey, I've, I have listened to All 100. I, uh, one, of my, one of my private clients' father, just in, in a Facebook group, uh, on, on Facebook, if you are there, uh, it's called Up My Hockey Parent Group. It's a free group. It's an awesome community. Uh, he, he, he made a, a comment in in one of my 100 episode posts and he said i think i've listened to about 90. so right now that's the that's the highest that i've heard of somebody listening to uh, to all of them but i'd love to hear if anyone has listened to all of them and for me to go back and review them this is going to be fun too so that's the plan 10 weeks one uh one bonus episode a week you're just going to hear me and we're going to uh chat about what what the podcast has meant and what the guests have meant and uh, break them down into 10 segment chunks so here we go. First episode, it says I'm reviewing. I, I post this podcast uh, on, a, on a platform called Buzzsprout. So if there's any budding uh, podcasters out there, there's lots of ways to distribute your podcast. Uh, there's lots of, you know, there's there's different companies out there that do it. Uh, I got in with Buzzsprout. I really don't know how to compare them to anyone else, but they definitely do the job for me. And that's where I upload the podcast to the audio version, at least. And then you have to sign up uh, in the databases of all the different places, whether it be, you know, um, Sirius XM or Amazon Music or Spotify or Apple Podcasts and, and, and they distribute the podcast to all these different uh, entities. So I, I'm open in Buzzsprout right now and it says December 1st, 2019 was episode one. So holy smokes. Um, like I said, 2023 now as we record this. Um, so 100 episodes ago, pre-COVID, pre-everything. Uh, and my first guest was Kevin Peterson. And uh, thank you to Kevin. It's funny, too, because that is still the most listened to podcast, which actually surprises me. I mean, what that tells me is that when people find a podcast, um, the majority of them will listen to the first episode before they listen to the most recent episode. For me, I would always listen to the most recent episode. But um, it seems like most people listen to the to the uh, to, to the Genesis episode and and Kevin Peterson was that Kevin Peterson is a Western uh, a Western scout for the Arizona Coyotes he still is working with Arizona um, he had just started with them at the time and he had come from a BC hockey British Columbia hockey background where he was working uh, with uh, the Brick program which is a 
which is a program that tries to collect the best, uh, what is it? I think it's first year atoms. So, uh, geez, U11, that would be nine-year-olds, maybe 10-year-olds uh, in BC to go play in some of these big tournaments, like the Alberta Brick Tournament and some of these other uh, big travel tournaments across North America in the summer. And I thought that he'd be a great guest because he, he'd seen you know high performance at a young level. He'd been involved in it. Uh, he also scouts uh, National Hockey League um, amateur players. And, uh, and it was awesome. I mean, we, we sat, it was actually an in-person interview. Uh, we, we sat in my office here. Uh, I don't know if I have that original footage posted anywhere, but I'm sure the audio sounds terrible. Uh, we didn't really know what I was doing, but, uh, but the conversation was excellent. And so he was number one, Kevin Sawyer, number two. Kevin Sawyer is now a TSN analyst, or was even at the time. And he was a tough guy with uh, with my team in Spokane, my team, I guess our team. He was the captain of it at one point, so it was more his team than my team <laughs> with the Spokane Chiefs. Uh, but his story about becoming a pro is absolutely amazing. Like what he went through, um, the doubt, you know, like the the, the closed doors, the, the not making teams, all the rest of it uh, to end up playing in the NHL, the greatest game on uh, the greatest league in the world. Uh, that was a really fun episode with Kevin. Uh, I also had Daniel Briere, and I'm going to get back to Daniel, but we had Brad Larson, who was my first, like he was an assistant coach at the time in the NHL for episode four. He is now the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. What an honor to have Brad on. He was a, a Vernon Minor hockey product with me. Uh, we won uh, a World Junior Championship together for uh, for Team Canada, which, how crazy is that? I don't even know. I'm sure we talked about that, but Vernon has like 40,000 people maybe now, back then maybe 30, and... Uh, of all the hockey players in Canada, of all the towns in Canada, of all the cities in Canada, Vernon, British Columbia, produced two players that played for the national junior team uh, that won gold. I thought that was pretty uh, pretty special and pretty crazy. And obviously, Brad went on to an NHL career, and, and to have him as an NHL assistant coach at the time was fantastic. And Brad is a great interview. Like, he is probably in this group... Um, well, anytime I talk to Brad, I mean, he's such a great guy to talk to. And, and that, that conversation is really good. If you haven't listened to that first episode with Brad, you definitely should. Trevor Litowski was episode five, head coach of the Windsor Spitfires. He has now moved on to be the assistant coach of the Montreal Canadiens, another NHL uh, team and representative. Like, how cool is that just even to watch? That was February 2nd, 2020. So three years later, he's up uh, with uh, Martin St. Louis as the head coach in, in Montreal. Um, Trevor, an amazing hockey mind himself and was super gracious to come on. David Nemirovsky, head coach of a KHL team, former teammate of mine in Florida, uh, was episode five, uh, episode six. Andy Delmore, an ex-teammate and now is still coaching too over in the OHL. Uh, Dusty Emu is an NHL goalie coach. Uh, Jack Campbell's goalie coach back in the day to, uh, to drop a name there amongst others. And then uh, Tom Laidlaw and Tom Cowell rounded out my first 10. Tom Cowell, a 20-year NHL referee. That is a really off-the-radar episode. Uh, I think referees in general, I just don't, I think that they're just kind of like, if you're not talking about them, uh, I guess they've done a good job. And usually when you're talking about them, you're complaining about something. Very rarely have I heard a conversation about parents or players or pundits for that matter, who will be like, what a great job by the referees tonight. It's just a very underappreciated aspect of the sport that is like super necessary, especially at the minor hockey league level. And 
in that conversation with Tom Cowell, we talk about the issues of refereeing and how few how, how they're having a hard time attracting young refs. And like, go figure, right? Like, newsflash, it's not fun for these refs. Like, we have 12-year-old refs refing 10-year-old games, and all they're doing is getting yelled at from the coaches and from the parents, and I hear people banging on the glass. And, you know, it's not, it's not a fun spot. You know, and we got to treat our referees better. We also need to train them and develop them and all the rest of it. But we need to allow it to be a safe place for these kids to learn. And uh, yeah, that is a really, really good conversation with 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 Tom Cowell there, and how you know there's a there's a massive shortage of referees. And uh, and I just reflect on some of the conversations we're having now, like even with like the hockey players of today's generation, like it's harder for them to deal with adversity. It's harder for them to be told no. Uh, I think it's a, a social thing. I think it's a social structure thing, like the way their schools are programmed, the way society is programmed, like so accepting um, of participation medals and awards and we don't give grades anymore and, and all this kind of stuff. And so when adversity happens, I think it's harder for, for our athletes to uh, to move forward. Now, if you if you pass that baton on to now a young referee who is one of three on the ice, and now they're having to put get put uh, up against you know parents, adults yelling, screaming, coaches telling them that they're wrong. Like who in the heck wanted to do that thirty years ago? Now who in the heck wants to do it today? Like there's less and less, so we have to create a safer space for these for these referees. But anyways, I digress because that was episode ten, and it really was a good one if you want to listen. But I'm going to focus in on Danny Briere as far as my my all star pick here uh, in the first ten. He was episode three. Uh, Danny Briere was an NHL star, an absolute NHL star. Why I like his, why I like his episode so much is because it's really still to this day, one of the ones that really speaks to me about the value of mindset and the value of mental training. And Danny talks like, not like super in detail in this interview about the things that he did working with a sports psychologist that allowed him to become the NHL player that he ended up being. And he will be the first one to raise his hand and say, I would never have become that player without that introduction and without those tools and strategies from that sports psychologist. And he even outlines like the story about how he got involved with it, like on a suggestion from somebody in Phoenix to go speak with this guy and, and, uh, and how he was resistant to doing it and how he was super resistant after the meeting, right? That thought this guy didn't know what he was talking about, but then leaned in similar to my story about the podcast, right? Like there was resistance there. I don't, I'm not ready for this. I don't want to do it. What is he talking about? Like all these, all these limiting beliefs and questioning, um, questioning thoughts, but then ended up leaning in and the world really opened for Danny. And, uh, and he started using some of these mindset tools and some of these strategies and some of these rewiring some belief systems and getting his preparation just dialed in and, and all these areas that aren't generally considered by athletes. And it made him the athlete that he was. You know, it made him the NHL player that he was that went on to be 
one of these smaller players that performed best in the biggest moments, was always a playoff performer, super gritty, was able to get it done um, when, when, when the lights were the brightest and, and had a very, very long and very, very lucrative and very, very successful career. And this was from a guy who was having a hard time breaking through at the time, right? He was a late first round pick. He was a smaller, undersized guy. He was a French Canadian who didn't speak English very well. And he was having a hard time figuring out how the NHL game and where he fit in with that. And he was doing well in the minors and then he would come up to the NHL and then he would get sent down and he was doing well in the minors and he, and he just couldn't find his way. And it was the sports psychologist and his work with that sports psychologist off the ice that allowed him to really step into his potential. Um, Danny Briere is now, I think, the uh, special assistant to the GM, uh, uh, Chuck Fletcher in Philadelphia. He's working his way up the uh, up the ranks. Uh, we still remain in contact today. And we've actually had some pretty serious discussions about how potentially up my hockey could fit um, at some point, maybe with uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers or with their minor league team. Uh, Danny is a very big believer in in that support for, for the players and offering that support and, uh, and is awful a, a fan of of having somebody who's played the game like myself, who is not a sports psychologist, who is that liaison for players. Because uh, Danny knows just, just as much as I do. He's like, that was hard for me. You know, with the sports psychologist, there's just a different feeling about stepping in and talking with somebody like that and being able to work with somebody uh, that uses similar type, type language and similar type strategies, but has actually played the game is um is a little bit easier connection you know to uh to start working and and start opening their eyes to some of these things and some of these concepts so that would be my that would be my my all-star pick from uh from the first 10 and what a great lineup that was i was so lucky to have these these players and ex-players and 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 colleagues that were able to come on and, and share their share their thoughts with me and that was january 10th 2020 danny Briere was released uh, an hour and 19 minutes. So uh, if you are, if you have not listened to that episode, I strongly suggest you do. Um, really hard for me to say what uh, what is best and what isn't, obviously, because uh, each each guest is speaks to uh, <clears throat> speaks to each listener in their own way. I have no idea what's going on uh, in your journey or in the journey of your of your player. If you're a player, where you're at with what with what it is you're trying to accomplish and what it is you need to hear. But the great part is about like exposing yourself to these different people and and their different backgrounds and their different positions and, and, and all the things that they're doing is that you never know what gem you're going to get. You never know what message you're going to hear and when the right time is to hear it. So um, one of the great things about Up My Hockey is that uh, these aren't of the moment type discussions. So they are definitely worth the opportunity to go revisit. They are worth, um, you know, you can go back and, and listen to Danny Briere and it's going to be as relevant today as it was back in January 10th, 2020. So uh, that's definitely the case with Up My Hockey. No episode dates itself. Uh, they're all there for you if you want. And uh, geez, 26 minutes in now. That is definitely long enough for this first segment. Uh, if you've stuck with me this long and uh, if you want to reach out on social, by all means, let me know what your favorite episode was out of your top 10 and uh, if you've heard any of them, and if you haven't heard any of them, and you take me up on my uh, on my offer for listening to Danny Briere, let me know what you think. Until next time, play hard and keep your head up.